Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 130 of Let's Play on The Story Tinker podcast. And today we have Christine, who has been on before... Um, on the Purple Hyacinth uh, story, and we have Carter. Hi, everyone. Hello. And you guys can introduce yourselves however you like. You know, tell us, say a sentence or two about yourselves. Carter, you go first. Okay, I'm Carter. I'm 17, and I've been reading Let's Play for a couple years. Cool. Hi everyone, I'm Christine. I've been on the podcast before. Um, I live in the SoCal area. I am 32 and I just recently got into Let's Play. I started reading it last year because I thought it wasn't a webtoon for me, but it is definitely a webtoon for me and for anyone. Awesome. I mean, I can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, given its numbers, it definitely it seems to be a webtoon for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this chapter is a martial focus chapter, and we have a little recap in the beginning that reminds us of what happened before, where we have Monica telling Marshall that they need to split for a while because they need to get to know who they are. She says, I want a chance to know Benjamin. I want to know the real you um, without the need to be Marshall all the time. And they, their, face are both, their faces are both in that half mask, half real. And you know, we know that Marshall has this you know, this past as Benji, we don't know so much about it yet, but the persona that he presents to everybody is, is the marshal. And he always struggles with putting on the cheery YouTuber persona when really he's struggling with depression. And Monica, I'm kind of curious about her development because she is a person who loves, you know, makeup and that's her, her, her like vlog thing. And I'm, I'm wondering like, what is it that she feels she needs to discover about herself because it seems to me that she knows who she is so what do you guys think I feel like she needs to get more comfortable like with how she looks how she appears like um to Marshall in this beginning scene mm -hmm. just like her natural self and not like the glam kitten that she is yeah, I think it was already like hinted at earlier that she struggles with the same thing as Marshall, where she's like not okay with other people seeing the real her as opposed to her YouTuber personality. Mm -hmm. Interesting, because the, I know to me, the persona she presents is very confident. And I know like it's the theme of a bunch of other webtoons where, you know, like True Beauty ostensibly or Makeup Remover, which I actually haven't read, but I'm kind of assuming based on the title, where the theme of those webtoons is you know, being confident in yourself without a bunch of, you know, gunk on your face. So I'm wondering if that's where this one is heading, if that's like Monica's character arc, or because she seems to be like the person who is confident with or without makeup. But I'm definitely curious to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. I want to see her vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. Right. She doesn't seem to have any, right? She's You're, like, yeah, superwoman. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love her character. 
Yeah, she definitely mm-hmm. seems to be like really confident, like either personality, makeup or no makeup. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll see. I mean, she she understands and recognizes that Marshall isn't comfortable with, maybe he feels that he has to live up to her glamorous self. So anywho, she says, you know, she tells me to start over and now we continue. And the setting is Marshall as a kid. And it's in this home. And the first thing I noticed, which is hilarious because I follow a lot of um, like interior design blogs and DIY blogs and the style for this home, it's very contemporary. Meaning if it would have been Marshall as a kid, it would be like, it should be like in the nineties or something, you know, like 30 years ago style decor, but it's like, right, you know, smack dab current decor, which I find funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, it looks like he has a very comfortable home. You know, it's well-decorated. Has cute kid stuff. It seems like he is growing up with a decent amount of money. It's a big room for a kid, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, right. He's, and his dad is super successful, too. So, mm-hmm. right. That makes sense. So, he seems to be drawing on the floor. It looks like he has crayons and stuff. And um, he hears shouting from outside the door. He hears, This isn't acceptable, Yuko. And Yuko, his mom, says, James, please keep your voice down. And the dad is yelling, Eva's grades cannot continue to decline. It could disqualify her from the championship. And the mom's like, she's overwhelmed, James. She's still just a child. That's no excuse. And even if it were the case, she has never complained. And the mom's like, because she doesn't want to disappoint her father. All she wants is for you to be proud of her. And so they're having this argument. And right away, we can tell a lot of things about their family dynamics from this argument. So... Looks like there's a high stress situation in the home. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get that feeling too in um, previous episodes when, like, when Marshall was first in the hospital and um, Ava was kind of hesitant to tell her dad, their dad, about what happened to Marshall. So you kind of get that feeling that, like, mm. yeah. And we've always seen, well, I guess we'll discuss it a bit when we see Eva now because. Now we see Eva, meanwhile, she's in her room and she, it looks like she can overhear the conversation, but she has had these headphones over her ears and she's pressing them tightly. And then we see Marshall peering in and the mom is still continuing. She's your own daughter. She's never good enough for you. And Eva is crying. And we've always seen Eva as like a very strong personality, dominant, kind of a little bitchy, if you excuse my language. And we've seen her in context of Marshall and Charles. So to get that background and to understand where she came from and why she is the way she is, is very helpful to understanding her. Mm-hmm. And um, also, because um, I'm of Asian descent, and so it's also nice to see, because usually with speaking for myself, I'm not going to speak for every Asian out there, but typically Asians are... Asian parents are very demanding of their kids, very like, you, they want this, this, and this, you, lawyer, doctor, whatever, like, um, but it's refreshing to see that the mom, who I assume is the Japanese side of Marshall's half Japanese, seeing her like, oh, but I care about my kid, like, yeah, I see that they're overwhelmed, like, she's just a child, it's, it's refreshing to see that as an Asian American. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think the point of this chapter is to show like how 
having a super high pressure childhood where you have to be perfect, perfect grades, perfect sports achievements has an effect and had a different effect on Marshall and his sister, you know, now that they're in their 20s, because like Eva sort of like, like just tried to please her father her whole life and then ended up going down the path that he wanted for her. And like now she's a lawyer versus Marshall sort of like rebelled and like became a YouTuber instead and like didn't do what his father wanted because he like resented his father for not only the pressure that his father put on him, but also like the stress that and fights that he got into with his wife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, it's interesting that even though Eva here is clearly upset, she still did choose to that path, which I don't know, I was the rebellious child, you know, I did not go down the path that my parents wanted me to. And we get along very well now, but we had a lot of fights when I was uh, 18, 19. And um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine doing something that my parents wanted me to do, you know, if I didn't want to do it. Yeah, it shows I, how different yeah. your life can turn out, whether you like choose to rebel against what your parents want or just conform to it. Yeah, and I'm curious if we'll get more of that understanding and why she chose that. Because I'm assuming she finds some personal. You want me to put the lights down or keep it up like this? Um, if you can keep it up, that would be great. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. So <laughs> I'm, in, I'm curious to see if she finds any fulfillment in being a lawyer or if it's something because you know it may be possible that even though it was something she did because of her appearance it could be she still does enjoy it so I'm curious to see if we'll get to know more of her character and what motivated her and what her thoughts are on her life right now I hope we get more of her too mm -hmm. yeah I think we'll see that she does enjoy her job even if it was forced on her yeah she doesn't seem to be miserable I mean, in a sense, she's very tough, but she doesn't strike me as miserable. Not yeah, being sad too. So now, you know, we see the door opening and the dad, we see him from the back, right? Which uh, to see someone from the back first is, you know, giving him more of like the stranger aura, not, you know, it's not familiar yet. And he says, Ben, what are you doing still awake? You had better be in bed. And he's, you know, cowering behind the door before I lose my patience. And then the way that he's framed in that door frame is super ominous. I mean, it looks like his eyes are glowing. There's the light from behind him. He's completely cast in shadow. So it's very clearly intended. He is a scary figure to Marshall. Yeah, that mm -hmm. frame right there is what made me think that there might've been some abuse going on. Because the before I, I think losing my patience is mm. referencing like abuse. Maybe. That's what I thought. Could be, or, you know, I don't know. I'm the mom. I definitely lose my patience with my kids. So, you know, but the, they usually just get yelled at. So, or like, you know, their toys get taken away or they don't get chocolate the next day or something like that. So it, to me, it could go either way, right? You could just be like normal style parenting, but yeah, there definitely is room for that as well. Um, I could definitely be wrong. I just felt like I, the, from that line, I was like, okay, there might be more to it. He's definitely scared of his dad, which, you know, I doesn't, it doesn't, it seems like too much scared. Like everyone, you know, every kid, like if their parents like go to bed, you know, they're scared to some level, but like, he seems to be a little more scared than he should be. Yeah, and, you know, he actually ducks behind the corner. Right? Mm -hmm. 
And if I recall correctly, my, his parents are split up now, right? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I don't remember. I think um, if I, re I remember they were talking about like, you know, oh, Eva, there was a fight and you took um, dad's side and I took mom's side. So I kind of gathered from that. I, have to, I want to reread it again. I reread re everything before like in the last like two weeks, but I want to reread it. <laughs> so, but that's when I remember. So it's possible that they split up. And to me, if the dad was abusive to the kids, then that would lead me to think that, that that would be the reason the mom was split up because it's one thing to have like a tough parent. It's another thing to have an abusive parent, you know, co-parent. Well, we can already see that she really doesn't like the pressure he's putting on the kids to perform well. And then mm -hmm. that would add to it because it's like mistreating the kids even worse. But right. even without abuse, we can tell that the mom really doesn't like how the kids are being treated. Hmm. And yeah. that, that in itself could lead to divorce even without abuse. Right. I mean, it, it, it's one chapter, like, so we don't know enough um, because obviously like sometimes you'll have spouses disagreeing and, you know, it's, it's not enough context, but definitely it's, it's giving us the things to look out for in the future. Mm -hmm. So the mom is stepping down the hallway and she's going to Eva and she's like, Eva, honey, and Marshall's still looking on. Sweetheart, are you listening? And she's got this beautiful long hair. It's really nice. And she's like, honey, I don't know how much you heard, but I hope you understand that your father and I both love you very much. And Eva's still pretending not to have heard anything. She's trembling. She's very, very agitated. And Marshall is just like behind there. I'm worried that you might be feeling a bit overwhelmed. And I think it's important that we discuss your current schedule. I know you don't want to disappoint your father, but, and Eva just stands up. She's like, Eva, honey, I just want, and she slams the door in her face. <laughs> so Eva is kind of also a little, she seems to be avoidant and unable to express her feelings. Yeah, I think in that situation, she's taking the anger out on her mom, even though all her mom is doing is trying to help her. Because like when you're a kid, it's like both of your parents are fighting. So both of your parents are causing you stress. And it's hard to understand that it's your dad putting the pressure on you. And it's your mom trying to help you. So even though your mom is just trying to make sure you're okay and like make sure you're happy, you're mad at both of them because both of them are making you stressed out. Yeah, or because she can't show her anger to her dad because her dad will retaliate, she just lets it out on her mom. Mm hmm yeah, she's yeah, she's the safe one. <laughs> yeah, but it it does fit in with her character because Eva does seem to be a person who, rather than maybe feel her emotions or allow herself to indulge in self pity, she seems to be a swallower. Like she keeps those emotions bottled down, doesn't express them, just puts on a tough face. That's the impression that we're getting from her personality, even as a kid. Yeah. So. So, and her mom, their mom seems very sweet. You know, it's, it's good to have someone in your court. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the mom's crying and she's standing in front of the door sobbing and Marshall looks at her and Marshall, this, what he chooses to do next just is so reflective of Marshall in current day reality. He says, ah, oh, mom, don't cry. Let me show you something. And he basically, he, he doesn't want his mother to cry and he takes it upon himself to kind of entertain her tears away. And this is so Marshall in the present. He's like, I have to be the happy guy. I have to be the guy who makes things better for everyone. And he's, you know, we know with this whole interaction with Sam, he was like incredibly taken by guilt, like to an unhealthy level, I feel, yeah. so that, you know, landed him in the hospital. 
And he is such a soft heart. And this is what Monica said, you know, way back in the beginning also, you know, he's too tender. And even as a kid, you know, he's like taking responsibility for his mom's feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Almost like a, that... like a people pleaser. Yeah, yeah, it shows that even even as a kid, he had like two personalities where like now it's it's the real him and the YouTuber and the kid was sort of the early form of that because it's like the real him who at that moment when he was comforting his mom was stressed out himself, but he was acting happy so he could please his mom and make his mom happy, mm-hmm. which is sort of like the same thing where it's like even if he's like depressed or going through a hard time when he's recording a YouTube video, he's super happy. So it's like sort of showing that like he developed being able to switch to a martial law personality like from his father causing him stress Mm -hmm. as a kid. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, he glances back at his dad, his dad, while he's pulling his mom, his dad is like looming in the doorway. And she's like, Benji, he's like, let me show you what I've been drawing, come with me. And he shows her his drawing. He's been drawing a samurai panda so we can see that he liked throwing since he was a kid. So cute. So and, cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his mom's like, wow, Benji, this is great. Your artwork has gotten so good. Thanks, mom. I've been using your pointers. So she must be artistic herself. So he must have, mm-hmm. you know, it's passed down through the family. And he just continues and tries to make her laugh again. He's like, I heard a funny joke today. Want to hear it? And she's like, sure. And he's like, what did one volcano say to the other? I don't know. I love you. Oh, so cute. <laughs> oh, there's this awesome, I forgot what movie it's from, but there's the song, um, I love you. It's like two volcanoes um, yeah, singing to each that, other. Um, it's that one Pixar short. Mm, so cute. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and she, you know, she it works. She laughs and she's like, my sweet boy, you always know how to make me laugh. So when people receive praise for a trait, especially kids, they work to develop that because that's what they're receiving compliments for. And you could just see Marshall just like laughing in the compliment and the praise. And he's like, I have to be more of that. I have to be more of the jokester, the one that makes people laugh. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of, I think there was an interview with Robin Williams, how he was saying um, he became like a funny man because he wanted to make his mom laugh. He liked Mm -hmm. making his mom laugh, so... That's Aww. how we came with like a comic. That's sweet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know too much about Robin Williams, but I'm sure there's a lot to discuss there about like the healthiness, unhealthiness, or, you know, both mm-hmm. sides. Because, you know, not everything that you develop, like to, to want to make people laugh is not oh, necessarily a bad thing, but you always have to, you know, kind of attenuate it and recognize when you're going too far, when you're not taking your emotional needs into consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this chapter really like shows the origin of like the people pleaser aspect of his personality and like shows how he got to the point where everyone around him has to be happy, even if it's at the expense of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and then she's like, hmm? and she looks at him and she's like, what's this, Benji? And she rubs his face and his face cracks. And she lifts off part of his face and that's like the mask and the mask is cracking oh the symbolism here mm-hmm. yeah the little the little happy boy face 
the it, he can't keep up appearances for so long that mask he's put on is cracking yeah and like his mom's reaction is like sort of a parallel to like monica where he like he's worried that monica wouldn't like the real him so this dream is kind of showing that he feels the same way with his mom because it's like showing that he feels maybe his even his own mom wouldn't like him if she mm -hmm. knew the real him and not the happy facade that he puts on to make her happy yeah she doesn't even recognize him She's like, I don't understand. Who are you? And what did you do to my Benji? And he's just shocked and he's hollow. And I think that word there is so important because he doesn't know who he is without that mask. Yeah. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't developed in a, pers a person behind the persona. Yeah, he said in an earlier chapter that he's like not ready to like flip the switch and be the real him and not be martial law. So mm -hmm. I don't know if he's like, lost the real him or if he just has shut it out right he's never really developed it to begin with or is it not in touch with it Ugh. and she's like get away from me and he's like but mom it's me and she's like no i don't know you he's like it's me mom i'm still your benji and at this point we have adult eva coming in and you know she's fully dressed up in her adult snazzy professional gear She's like, that's funny, because I distinctly remember you telling me you're called Marshall now. And that's obviously hearkening back to their earlier conversation. So it's, this is, you know, the, the divide between Marshall and Ben, or Benji. That's, that's the whole, you know, dilemma that he has. Who is he really? And what does he want to become? Yeah, and like going back to when he was in the hospital, if you remember, Eva said, Eva like angrily told him, you know, if you had just, you know, gone to college and not become a YouTuber, um, you could have like had an easy job as a lawyer. And I think that's so this is sort of like perpetuating how he feels that like she did even Eva disapproves of him going against like the path that his dad set out for him because she went out, she like conformed to the path that the dad set out and he like feels that she resents him for not doing that and like taking his own path. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, he's like, yeah, but I'm still Benji. And she says, are you? It's, it's like, it's so well for them. And she run. the mom runs and she's like, James, help, it's Benjamin. And Eva's like, now she's going to get him. So the fact that she calls her the dad, him, and not yeah. even dad, uh, that's a very distant relationship for a child to have with their father. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, like, oh, she's going to get him now. It's like, we, you know, clearly they don't like getting him involved because of his reactions and anger. Yeah, and, those fear of his father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she runs and James is like, mom, wait, mommy, please, I love you. And to me, this is like the desperate cry of a child who's just trying the last resort that he can to get his mom's attention. And you know, he's using his love as like, kind of like a lifesaver, you know, and I think that for him, loving other people is his way of getting, hoping to get love back in return. And it's so sad. Mm -hmm. Like Monica right. said, like he has a tender heart. He wears his heart on his sleeve, so. Oh, oh he's such a good guy. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
And now we have, who are you? And Marshall freezes and he's still, you know, half, half hollowed out. And you have this giant version of his dad moving, you know, pounding his fists on the floor. And he's like, dad, it's me. And he's like, I'm still your son, Benjamin. And he's cracking even further because of the pressure of his dad. He's just, he can't, cannot handle that. <laughs> and the dad, you know, we don't even see his face, his eyes, I mean, his eyes are just glowing behind glasses. So again, super intimidating, very alienating, very distancing. And he's like, I have no son. Oh, Oof. Mm-hmm. oh yeah. It hurts. <laughs> uh, and even, even though this is like a childhood flashback, it like reflects his like feelings now that like even now that he's grown up, his dad still doesn't see him as a worthy son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know. We get, we get the impression that they don't speak to each other and which is yeah. awful. I mean, it's disgusting, frankly. Like, <laughs> you know, I mentioned when I um, had my like teenage fallout with my parents, um, I married someone that they didn't want me to marry and they're like, well, I'm never talking to you again. And I was like, oh, I knew you're going to, I know you're going to talk to me again. And they did. And you know, now we get along super well, but I can't imagine if my parents had actually gone through with it, I'd be like, screw you. Like who needs parents like that? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, at the same time. Hmm. I think we'll definitely, I, I think we'll see some sort of resolution with his like parental relationships. I mean, his parents are definitely going to, like, come in to the story as season three plays out. Um, But I'm kind of split on, because she's obviously portraying his dad as, like, a bad person. So I'm not sure if we'll see a resolution between between him and his dad. But we'll at least see him get over his insecurity of not being good enough for his dad, I think, in the future. As he, like, finds a balance between his two personalities. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Either of the situation changes or you learn to accept it as it is and make peace with it. Yeah. And the dad's like, all I have is a mistake. And he lifts up his hand, giant hand, and he slams it on Marshall. Marshall shatters into pieces, which is so devastating. You know, he has zero empathy or at least the dream version has zero empathy and, and care for his son. He's willing to completely shatter him because he doesn't like how he has become. And it seems that that's how he's treating him in real life too. You know, he's willing to crush his son and crush his feelings because he doesn't choose what he wanted, which is just appalling behavior. Yeah, it's that sort of parent where there's so much pressure that they put on their kids to be perfect. And then when they're not, there's rage and there's anger and there's like telling them, oh, you have to do this, you're not doing this. And that just really can be detrimental to a young kid. And like, as we see, it affects how you turn out because he's still having these nightmares and these insecurities from his childhood. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's on his mind. You know, sometimes children's perceptions can be skewed or you get a different perspective on it later. Like I know um, when I started parenting my kids and getting to know my mom more, it shifted my perspective of things I had seen and experienced as a kid, because as an adult, I can understand it more and going through the same experiences myself and then speaking to my mom and getting more behind the scenes, you know, content, um, your perspective can change, but 
I'm feeling Marshall's perceptions of his childhood and his dad are pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just goes the enhanced um, form of it, but like it's definitely accurate to what happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just shows like he's very black and white. It's like it's my way or nothing. And mm -hmm. and we kind of see the like the opposing sides of like both like Marshall and Ava, like one turned out the way the father wanted, but is it what she wants? And then the other is, you know, doing what he wants, but is it is it enough for him right. now? Mm -hmm. So Marshall wakes up and he's, you know, gasping, there's beeping all around him. It's been a nightmare. And he rubs his face, there's more beeping from the thing on his arm. And he thinks to himself, the nightmares have been getting worse. So he's been having these nightmares more than just tonight, which is sad. Mm -hmm. And he says, especially since Monica left, which is also sad. So sad. <laughs> I love them together. Yeah. Are you guys hoping that they'll get together again? Yes. Okay. Honestly, no, actually. I really you know, like Monica, but Marshall and Sam's got to happen. <gasps> okay, so you know, so let's let's save that for our bonus question. I forgot to ask you guys before, but I usually try to do like a bonus question at the end for Patreon. So if you want to save that, we can discuss that for our bonus question at the end. But we're almost done anyway, so okay. <laughs> but that would be a fun discussion. And you see, he's touching his face, which is where he was, you know, hollowed out in the dream. So it's like, oh, it was very realistic for him. And he immediately grabs his phone and he calls mom. And he's like, mom, I'm sorry. I know it's late there. So wherever she is, um, it's later. No, everything is okay. And if you look at his apartment, his counter, it's kind of messy. It's like, you could tell Monica's there. Like he's, he looks like he's a bit depressed. There's, you know, unopened mail. There's, you know, papers and there's Coke and take there's out takeout containers. containers. Exactly. <laughs> it's like classic, you know, someone who is not feeling too great and can't take care of himself right now mm -hmm. oh and he says i just needed to hear your voice and i love the fact that he can call his mom and reach out to her for comfort that's so beautiful to me mm -hmm. it's really sweet yeah such a he really loves his mom and his mom is like a big comfort for him yeah and she's there for him it's very sweet um you know even if he can't have a relationship with his dad it's nice that he had that with his mom because even if you have a even if you're talking to both your parents it's you don't necessarily get to have that closeness not everyone is lucky enough to have that support from their parents even if your parents are cordial and you get along well for you to be able to call your parents for comfort that's that's very wonderful and then he's like what and he laughs, chuckles, and he's like, I love you too, Mom. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so adorable. I love these two. I like Marshall and his mom. You have to, like, we have to see some more scenes with them together. I know. I know. I, sure I hope will. we see them, like, in person. Just, yes. oh, I want to see that. Well, she sounds like such a good person. Uh, I, so I'm a parent, and reading this chapter definitely made me. Think about a topic that's always in my mind. I'm always thinking about my parenting and you know, things that I'm not so good at, things that I can be better at. And 
you know, I'm like, oh, I wish I was that kind of mom, <laughs> but I'm not. So. <laughs> oh, well, I think, that, I think another really important part of this chapter was his drawings and like the emotional connection like he has to his drawings because he used them to make his mom happy and his mom taught him how to do it is like hinting at it's been made really obvious that he's gonna end up doing the art forever make right. that's like further showing like his like connection to his art and that he like really likes art like mm -hmm. in the coffee shop scene when he like does the art on the board for Lincoln mm -hmm. B it's just all hinting at oh Marshall mm -hmm. and Sam are gonna make the game together Right. I'm, I'm curious with Marshall, right? Because, you know, being a YouTuber is something that many, many people do enjoy. So I'm curious if there's, if he's going to end up stopping that altogether, or if it were just like tone it down a little bit so he can do both art and YouTube. And like what made him get into doing YouTube and does he enjoy it at all anymore? Or is it not enjoyable anymore? Yeah, he definitely enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Or he could do like art YouTube. Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, he said he said, um, yeah, no, I think he definitely enjoys being a YouTuber, but he said in a past chapter, um, that like I can't see myself uh being a YouTuber into my forties. Right. So I think it'll sort of be like he likes doing YouTube, but it's the kind of job where you know you can't do it forever. You're not gonna be a YouTuber in your forties. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Oh wait, where was I when it stopped recording? Um about that he doesn't see himself doing it until his 40s oh yeah so he, like he doesn't yeah i think he enjoys it but he doesn't see himself doing it into your 40s because that's kind of ridiculous being a youtuber in your 40s so i think it'll sort of be like once he's felt like he's done being a youtuber and he's too old for that he'll become an artist for the rest of his life or until like retiring age because you know if you like i think if you like have the money and like to retire like in your 30s because you were a successful YouTuber or whatever, like that's great. But then what do you do for the next 30 years? So I think art will sort of be like a more realistic, like adult job for him once he feels mm -hmm. like he's like too old and mature for being a YouTuber who yells at more games. Well, I mean, it's, I know he feels that way. I just have to say like, I don't think it's immature to be a YouTuber. So, um, you know, I mean, depends on your content you could be a youtuber on immature topics and you could be a youtuber on right. mature topics but in this so. case it's immature topics i don't know i don't know i mean it it definitely makes sense that at some point he would grow out of it because he would just be bored but i mean it's a hobby for other people for him it's a full-time job yeah so like for other people okay it's a hobby they tune in you know a couple hours a day or whatever to relax but i can get that you know if you're doing it full-time it probably can get unfulfilling after a while mm -hmm. Anyway, do you guys have any final thoughts on the chapter before we do the bonus content? Uh, well, in that last panel, there's like boxes and I'm like, are those Monica's? Are those his? Is he moving? Like what's, what's up with those boxes? Yeah, good point. I was thinking maybe he didn't finish unpacking, but- I think he's still, yeah, I think he's still moving in. Still? <laughs> hey, yeah. Christine, when I moved into my house, <laughs> it took me six months to unpack my last box, okay? <laughs> there's no way he's moving out um, that's the whole story is that he moved in next to her <laughs> mm -hmm. all right well ready for the bonus content yep 
Thank you so much, my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Ann Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, Emilda, Shannon, Esther, and I'm watching you. Your support is truly appreciated.